0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, Ministry of Greater Works Christian Church, right here in beautiful Lancaster, California. I am your host, Robert Enis. Here I will discuss theology, doctrine, politics, social and cultural issues, pretty much anything I feel like talking about. But basically, I flip tables. Please remember to download each episode. That's very important. Download each episode. Hold on tight. It's going to be a bumpy ride. This is gonna be good. There's
1: so many things going on in our world right now, so many things going on in our country right now that it's really uh, difficult sometimes to, okay, what am I gonna focus on? Because as much as I love doing these podcasts and I will devote some time to doing these podcasts, I don't have the resources nor the time Uh, to really do justice, in my opinion, to all the stories that are out there. So I have to pick something that, you know, um, that interests me, number one. And then I have to do the research so that I at least know a little bit about what I'm talking about. So with all the things going on, we've got Chinese spy balloons, which I'm still, honestly, I don't know where I'm at with all of that. I tried looking into it today and doing some research and some of the information, if you could call it that, is so convoluted that I still don't know uh, what to make of all of it, you know. Um, so anyways, that's all very, very strange to me. I did a podcast uh, yesterday on trains derailing with toxic chemicals and those co- toxic chemical spills and what's going on with that. And again, so much of the information is so convoluted, it's almost as if they don't want us to know the truth. So it's What's being reported, what's out there is so confusing and convoluted, it's we still don't really know what's going on. So uh, all of these things. But a good story of something that's happening is this revival. at Asbury, uh, is it Asbury College? I know it's in Kentucky. But nonetheless, it's out of college in Asbury um, in Kentucky. And what happened was, there was a, from what I understand, from what I was able to read and find out about this was, there was a just normal chapel service like they do all the time there. It's a Christian college, so they have chapel services. In most Christian colleges, you have to go to, um, I don't know if it's daily or weekly, but you, part of your curriculum, part of your agreement is to go to chapel services. So there was people there at the chapel uh, praising, worshiping, preaching, doing what chapel services do. And when it was over, there was a few people that didn't want to leave. So they just started worshiping the Lord, and it hasn't stopped. And I want to say, I saw somewhere that it was somewhere, oh, nonstop for 10 days. So I'm going to read you an article in just a moment that was put out this morning, uh, actually this afternoon at 1234 Eastern Standard Time, and uh, February 18th. So that was today. And part of the article in the Evangelical Service at Wilmore, in Wilmore, Kentucky, has been celebrating nonstop for 10 days in what many are Uh, of its participants are calling a revival so anyways i'll get to the rest of that story in just a minute and it's really interesting because i i've been hearing about it you know we see the posts on uh, social media and we've been hearing about it even my wife suggested hey maybe we should just go check this out and go see what's going on and uh, i'm up for it uh i don't mind especially when i hear that kentucky's a beautiful state i'll go hang out Because even if we go there and it's not what we think it is, hey, I'm in Kentucky, I'm out of California, okay, I'm in Kentucky, so I'm willing to do it. But uh, I also know that something is happening because grabbing the attention of so many people that other, what we would call revivals, didn't. I mean, even Tucker Carlson is speaking about this. uh many of the church leaders are going, checking it out and, and writing and commenting on it, which I'm going to talk to you a little bit about a YouTube video that I came across as I was doing some research. I came across this YouTube video of this Baptist preacher and some of the things that he said. And I, I just honestly, it was about four or five minutes, this little video of this guy ranting. And I was just rolling my eyes the whole time. I listened to the whole thing because I wanted to hear what he had to say. All right. I wanted to give him his due. But it was almost like four or five minutes of my life that I'll never get back. And I'll talk about that in just a minute. But um, let me let me tell you just some of the things that I have seen or from the very little... When I say little, I mean very little that I know. Just what I've been picking up on social media, picking up on the internet, picking up on different news sources. And I haven't really sat down and just dove into it fully. Yes, this morning I've been doing some research on it. So I know a lot more now, about it, now than I did even... Uh, earlier this morning when I got out of bed, but I still uh, um, am forming, I should say, some ideas and and opinions about it. And so far, all of them good. You guys know me by now. If I think it's bad, if I think it's off, not only I'm going to share with you why, but I'm going to or tell you that it, I feel it's wrong. But I'll tell you the why behind it. So so far, this is what I've seen and understand with this um, revival, as they're calling it, Asbury revival. People are hungry for God. That's always a good thing when people are truly hungry for God, because the thing about that is, even people that don't really know God or don't know where to find Him, you know, that maybe they don't have a Christian background or some type of biblical, um, you know, or Christian home life or biblical background. If they're truly hungry for God, God has a way of finding those people. That's one of the reasons why we're seeing such a move of God in the Middle East, where people are just, you know, hey Jesus, uh, we were told to hate you, but uh, if you're real. Please show yourself, reveal yourself to us. And many times, either an angel or Jesus himself will just show up and appear and start uh, ministering and speaking to these people. If it was just one person who said this, I would go, yeah, whatever, whatever. But when you're talking about dozens and dozens of people saying pretty much close to the same thing, and it's people that are just hungry to know the truth and God's showing up in a powerful way, God has a way of finding the hungry, those who are hungry for him. So in this revival, what they're calling a revival, and I'll be honest with you, I get very leery when people start labeling something revival, uh, because I have my own ideas and takes on revival, but I'm going to call it revival just because that's what it's being called. And regardless of whether it's a true revival or not, people are hungry for God, and that's a good thing, all right? And for them to go nonstop for the last 10 days, that's a powerful thing. So people are worshiping God. That's always a phenomenal thing. It's a great thing when people are hungry for God and they're worshiping God out of that hunger and people are humbling themselves and repenting. That, that repenting is really the foundation or essence of revival in that regard. I'm not saying it's the only ingredient for invi- revival, but you can't really have true revival without people repenting of their sins and getting it right with God. You're not gonna have true revival unless people are hungry for God. You're not gonna have true revival unless people are worshiping God. You're not gonna have revival unless people truly humble themselves before the Lord. And you're not gonna have true revival if that humility doesn't lead them to true repentance because those go hand in hand. So just what I know is this revival, I would have to say yes, but I believe it's in its infancy stage. What do I mean by that? That if this thing is stewarded correctly, this could be tr- become a true revival that shakes this nation. Because what I also understand as I was doing my studies, other events or revivals are breaking out in the same manner all over the place. So already people are getting, their eyes are being uh, um, opened, their ears are being opened, they're being uh, moved by the spirit of God and it's being reproduced, at least in some levels, other places. So is this revival? Yes, but again, in my opinion is still in its infancy and i and i say that because what really concerns me about anything what we label re- revival especially when it first breaks out <clears throat> is when certain church leaders usually big name church leaders they like to associate themselves with revival and they like to try to control revival and be part of revival so and unfortunately in many cases not all but in many cases it because they want their name out there, okay? They want all eyes on them, like somehow they're the ones that brought revival. You know, so they'll they'll hear of revival breaking out and the next thing you know, they're there up on the platform. And then often, maybe not always, but often that's when the revival begins to break down and uh, um, disintegrate before everybody's eyes. Why? Because God wants to be all honored. God wants the big names to show up and fall on their face at the on the platform or at the platform, before the platform, the altar, as we would call it, at the altar with everybody else. In true revival, there's no such thing as a big name. And yet the big names want to have the big name at the revival, and they kill revival. And um, we we know this, like even with Brownsville revival, so, uh, way back when with um, Kilpatrick, John Kilpatrick, one of the stories that he says, and I was in a room when he said this this story for six weeks for first six weeks of revival as soon as he would enter into the building he would just go out in the spirit he was aware of what was going on but he just couldn't move he was just out and he would be slumped over a chair or they would just pick him up scoop him up and put him in a chair for the entire evening and he would go and pray god why are you doing this to me this has been weeks now why is this and god finally spoke to him and says because if if you had your way you would control this you would try to control this and i appreciate the humility of um, Kilpatrick for even saying that and recognizing it and realizing it. And when he humbled himself before the Lord, then he was able to actually you know, stand up, if you will, and enjoy and be a part of the revival that was taking place. You see, God doesn't want us to control his revival. And there's a reason why I'm telling you this. Yes, we need to steward it, but never control. We need to steward it. You know, what do I mean by that? If things get really hairy, somebody needs to step up and say wait, not enough but you know not not here, not now. There needs to be a little bit of direction, but when I say a little bit, far less than most people would think. And people need to understand the true heart of God, especially in regard to what we might call revival. <coughs> Many pastors have been trained or all pastors have should, I should say, have been trained on how to if you will, control, guide, direct a church service. But revival takes it far beyond the boundaries of a normal church service. You know, we've been taught how to do the three fast, two slow. Oh, I'm sorry. Open up with a prayer and maybe a scripture verse. Do the three fast songs to the two slow songs. um, Bring it down a little bit. Get into the announcements. Get into the preaching. Have an altar call and end with prayer. And then the, the pastor rushed to the back of the door. And stand there as people leave and shake their hands. We've been trained in this, but that's not revival. Revival doesn't start at a certain time. Revival doesn't end as, at a certain time. As as the cases here, ten days straight they've been going. Ten days straight. So when you've been, you know, trained to do the three fast and two slow, do the sermon, and you know when to push it and sh- and and shout even or get real quiet because there's you're looking for an emotional response. That doesn't fly in revival. See, that really doesn't fly in revival. Revival is something completely different than your typical Sunday service. And that's why most churches will never ever experience true revival. You know, even though they have, we're gonna have revival services all of next month. No, you're not. You're just gonna have services that go a little bit longer and a little bit louder than your normal services, but it's a normal service, just a little bit louder and a little bit longer. I've been part of that my entire life and I'm not trying to be judgmental. It just is what it is. Stop calling it revival. And if you stop calling it revival and stop focusing on something that you can control and put on the calendar, ladies and gentlemen, pastors and pastor Ets maybe we would just have an experience revival if we would get our hands off of it and let God be God. Anyways, let me get to this. Um, uh, What do I have here? Oh, this article here. And this was published actually today again. um, I already quoted. I'll, I'll put the link up in the comments and such. Published February 18th, 2023 at 1234 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Asbury Revival Marathon Worship enters 10th day Similar services grow on other college campuses. Dubbed the Asbury Revival, the -the around-the-clock praise and worship service echoes similar religious revival that occurred at the same university in 1970. Isn't that interesting, ladies and gentlemen, that in 1970 there was a revival uh, on the same campus? And this article is by Timothy H.J. Narazi of Fox News. (coughs) An evangelical service in Wilmore, Kentucky has been celebrating nonstop for 10 days in what many of its participants are calling a revival. The event is being held at Asbury University, a small Christian college, and has seen participants fly in from the country to participate in as it enters its 10th straight day of worship. The movement began after students refused to leave following a chapel service last Wednesday, and the services have since grown to pack the school's chapel with worshipers from all over the country, according to Christianity Today. And also, ladies and gentlemen, there's other places that said people have been coming in from all over the uh, world, actually, from other nations. So all over the country, but also other parts of the world. Let me go on. Uh, The Asbury Revival, as it has been called, echoes a widely reported worship event that took place decades ago. A revival erupted at the same university in 1970 in Hughes Auditorium. The service began inside the campus chapel before more and more students arrived to worship, pray, and sing over the course of 144 executive hours. In Protestant evangelical Christianity, a revival is a sudden enthusiastic restoration of religious vigor among a church, town, or larger geographic region. Evangelical Christians view revivals as a reconnection with the divine after a period of spiritual drought. The Asbury Revival is having cascading effects as congregations elsewhere in the United States join in the marathon worship. Students at Samford University in Alabama are now entering their fourth day of continuous prayer. Samford's service, held in Reed Chapel, began as usual before Thursday classes were canceled due to weather. Church girls stayed and continued the meeting until it began to be compared to Asbury event. For over seven hours, students gathered in Reed, Wednesday, and well into the morning, worshiping, praying, sharing testimonies, and reading scripture samford ministry training institute executive director kevin blackwell told the alabama baptist he continued it was totally organic and student-led at 2 a.m there was 150 to 200 students in the chapel seeking god's face and praying for revival on our campus god is up to something similar meetings have been reported at cedarville university in ohio and lee university in tennessee again this is timothy narazi is a writer for fox news digital you can follow him on Twitter at Timothy Narazi and can email him at timothy.neirazi at fox.com. Okay, enough for that. This is a short article, just a page and a half, probably just one page if I took out all the... Uh, anyways, anyways, um, so this guy is writing, hey, this is this is happening. This is going 10 days straight. Now others are saying, wait a minute, if, if it could happen over there, it could happen in our college and they just started going for it and God's showing up. They're in there. I forgot how many days it said here, but they're they're going and they're moving and they're having their uh, um, nonstop prayer meeting and worship session with God, and I I again I find this fantastic, especially when young people are doing this, especially when young people are doing it, college age, high school, such especially when young people are doing this, because it gives me hope for our future, among other things. But it tells me that the young people, not every young person wants to, uh, you know, let me put it this way. Every young man wants to put on a dress and makeup and and change their name from, you know, Jack to Jacqueline. And not every young woman wants to buzz their hair, paint what, what little hair they have left purple, put on some overhauls and change their name to Fred. I mean, you know, something like that. There are actually some young men and some young women in our, and probably more than we think, but in our culture, society, and on our campuses, that really want God and want a move of God, and I'm all for that. I'm I'm very happy with that. So how could I, as someone who loves God and myself and loves people, be against that? How could I be against that? You know, and I I caught some videos of it, and I'll be honest with you, it's it's really interesting to me personally that you know when I was um thinking of this i'm i'm expecting to catch a video that shows you know like really um uh, how can i say this um more complex praise and worship you know just just what we're used to we're used to more of that stadium kind of vibe or that large venue kind of vibe with the smoke machines and the lights and and everything's you know really high quality in that sense the sound and everything and yet none of those things break out in what we call revival and here just the, the clip that I saw, it was just simple. A few instruments up on the platform, and people just singing almost, not quite, but almost a cappella. Like I said, because the music was just so simple. And they were singing some songs of adoration, singing some songs of the goodness of God. And I, it caught me off guard a little bit. I'm like, "Where's the lights? Where's the cameras? Where's the smoke machines? Where's the fog machines? you know and it and so it was really honestly, it was refreshing because God is not moved by your lights and your fog machines and your and your you know all of that stuff. And I personally, ladies and gentlemen, I personally, I know this might shock some people after just hearing what I just said, I'm not against those things. I think they're kind of fun and they're kind of cool, but at the same time, I do understand that's not the presence of God. That's not the anointing. But one guy strumming a, a um, guitar is not necessarily the anointing either. So, what does the anointing come in? Where's the presence of God and all that? It's when God is pleased with the heart connection people are making with Him, and and when people can get to that place where I might like the smoke machine, I might like the the laser lights, I might like all the you know all of that. I might like it, but when I recognize that's not my relationship with God, let me just focus on God and my relationship with God in its wholesome simplicity. God tends to show up. That's why when I was looking at this and everything, I was, wow, this is this is re- a real thing. This is absolutely a really true good thing that is that they're experiencing there in Asbury on that college, this is phenomenal. And I pray to God that the powers that be stop trying to um, control it and just simply steward it, make way for it, make room for it and let it go and let God be God, let let people come into his presence and let God be God. (coughs) Now, as I was searching the net, I decided I'm going to go to YouTube because I'm sure there's some kind of videos out there where people, maybe a little clip of it, people talking about it, uh, things of that nature. And there were, there's quite a few of them, but one, mm -mm, and I'm sure there's way more than one, but one got my attention. And it was this Baptist preacher. And I say that just because, well, he was a Baptist preacher and he made no qualms about it. Baptist preacher. He was up there and kind of, you know, bashing in a disagreement what was taking place. And so it was only about a four and a half, five minute uh, video. And uh, I wanted to hear why. Why is this guy not liking what's going on there in Kentucky? I mean, he seems somewhat of a kind of a redneck preacher to me. You know, he's Baptist. Um, he, he got the little, you know, the the little redneck beard. He got the southern drawl, you know. And I've just figured, man, he's right there in his hometown. And he could just he could just go there and just flow with him. And it would be a good thing, man. You know, it would be great. And, well, of course it wasn't. So here's some of the things. <laughs> I laugh because I just, I, I can't even believe that in 2023, we're even discussing these things. That somebody would actually go on an international venue such as YouTube and put these things out for his disagreement on what's happening at Asbury College. Or that he would be willing to even admit that he has these. And and, and trust me, he's got the issue here and you'll see why. He was really upset at this and didn't agree with it because there was no King James Bible. Apparently he heard somebody preaching or talking or or quoting the scriptures and he did not quote or read from the King James Bible. They're they're not not King James only. He even went on to say, and this is not... A Baptist college, and they're not using the King James Bible. As if God only, only speaks King James or uses King James. Oh my gosh. I I don't know how we have become so ignorant and ridiculous that God can't move in an atmosphere where something other than King James is being used. I mean, I don't know, Baptist preacher, just just maybe, just maybe. You know, um, think about this for just a moment. Do you know? I don't know about this, ladies and gentlemen, but do you know, the the, the King James Bible had been, you know, it, it's called the 1611 version, you know, 1611. And um, that's when it was supposedly first uh, um, published. And I believe it was. I believe it was in 1611, maybe even 1609. But nonetheless, we call it the 1611. The 1611 version of the King James Bible was so horrible they had to go and redo it several times. So the Bible that you and I read today or you you know most everybody has read or has the King James Bible, it is not. It is not the King James of 1611. It is not the original King James because it was such a bad translation they had to go redo it because they messed up so bad in some areas. And I'm not trying to bash any bible for that matter. And thank God that they went and fixed it. But to think that God can only speak through King James Bible is among many other things. You know what it says? The person that claims that does not know God. Does not have God's heart. Doesn't understand God's heart. It's ridiculous. So anyways, this guy, he didn't like what was going on in Asbury because he didn't like it, the fact that they had they didn't have King James only. He was also very upset because a woman was actually on the platform and preaching. Oh my God! can't have that. Can't have that because that's just so unbiblical because he can quote a verse to prove that even though we had prophetesses in the Bible that were judges and prophets and God honored and respected them. And uh, as a matter of fact, there was even a, a, a woman by the name of Junius, this is in the New Testament, Who was an apostle. There was another guy in the New Testament whose daughters were prophetess. And so if they were prophets and they had the word of the Lord, they couldn't give it to men. I I mean, see, the whole thing is just ridiculous. So he was upset. No King James only. There was a woman on the platform preaching and it was at a non-Baptist university. A non-Baptist, like God can only speak to the Baptist. Well, uh, sir, and Baptists, I'm just, all Baptists. Let me explain something to you. You guys are the ones who said no to Holy Spirit. Now remember, Holy Spirit is not only the one that comes and fills us. Baptized, we we're supposed to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and power. You've given up the power. You've given up the means to hear God. You've given up the means of healing, tongues, interpretation. You've given up the means for miracles. So you guys are as dry as a dead bone you should be the first one crying out for revival remember the story and i'm sure you do of the valley of dead bones that was a bunch of baptists out there and i know i'm going to make a lot of people upset but i'm just telling you the truth if you're part of a baptist church you may really want to pray about getting out of there because it's a dry place so this guy has no spirit okay he doesn't have spirit the way uh, uh um the way he should the way biblically it says he can He's refused that, and now he's going to sit in judgment because they, they're they not dry like him. They're not dead like his church. His church needs revival. They're experiencing it. Instead of joining them, he's hes coming against them because they don't have King James only. Well, I'm sorry. That section was closed that day. If you want to bring your King James and follow along, go for it. Otherwise, shut up. You're an embarrassment in the body of Christ. Anyways, now I want to, I want to talk about this a little bit because just for this reason, because we hear right now a lot being thrown around about unity. And anybody that really knows me, I'm huge on unity. Huge, I almost said Trump, huge, I'm huge, huge on unity. I'm big on unity. However, there are some who claim to be Christians I refuse to unify with because of that type of nonsense. I am not gonna unify with so-called Christians who are in known sin, and refuse to get cleaned up. And I'm not gonna unify with the legalistic, dry, dead bone Christians, because I don't wanna become like one of them. I'm gonna unify with those who take the whole Bible seriously, the whole Bible, and do their best to live out, walk out, preach, teach, and minister in and from the whole Bible, and not just the parts that they like, the whole Bible. (gasps) That means I am going to unify with people of the spirit and people of the word and have a good mixture, if you will, a healthy mixture of both of those, not just one or the other. And so I would be far more willing to go to Asbury and and mix and unify with those folk because they're hungry for God. They're worshiping God. They're humbling themselves. They're repenting. Then some knucklehead that's going to sit back, put out a video against it because there's no King James Bible that he saw. And listen, I've been around Christian circles all my life. Of course, there's a a, a King James Bible in there somewhere. Okay, just because they didn't preach from it. So dude, if you want to come, come bring your King James Bible. But don't you dare sit in that kind of judgment because your judgment is foolish and ignorant. (laughs) King James. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you happen to read and enjoy the King James Bible, please continue to do that now. It's a pretty good translation. I I know it's a great translation. All of my study books, well, I'm not going to say almost all of my study books, like my lexicons, my concordances and such are keyed uh, to Strong's, which is keyed to King James. Okay? It's a it's a great translation. However, to say that it's the best for the modern world is, in my sense, just ignorant. It's childish. It's immature to say that. Do you know why? Because the King James Bible speaks almost a Shakespearean English. How many people do you know speak Shakespearean English? Oh, zero? Unless they're some type of stage performer and they do Shakespeare. But for the most part, people do not speak Shakespearean English anymore. Most people don't understand Shakespearean English. I had this discussion with a King James only one uh, dude one time. And I says, and and he was like, it's the only perfect Bible. And I said, oh, really? So I took him to some scripture and I, and I showed him <laughs> where it was actually translated very, well, just wrong. It's just translated wrong. And he had to do a double take. And, and I said, I thought you understood this. And I thought you knew this. You can't explain this. And it caught, him so far, uh, it caught him off guard, and he got really mad at me and angry and stomped out. We never had that conversation again. But my point is, it's like, dude, and I could probably do that with almost every translation. Do you know what the best translation is? I mean, there are some really bad translations out there, ladies and gentlemen, that I would completely stay away from. Completely. Okay. But to say that I'm a King James only or or uh, New King James only, or the NET only, or the NIV only, or any of those, the N S, the NASV uh, only, um, New American Standard. You know, do you know a Bible that they actually had when they came over to America? A lot of people think it was the King James. Remember, they were the early, the ones that first got here. They were running from King James. Why would they bring his Bible? They had the Geneva Bible. And many say that the G- Geneva Bible is actually a much better translation Then the King James and the original King James and the Geneva Bible were very close to uh, together as far as the sound and and the basic translation. The King James, early King James had a lot of errors in it. Now, I don't know why I'm telling all of this, just to basically tell you that when you find people that are King James only, they're very ignorant and they're very immature. I mean, really, they're very ignorant and very immature. They don't don't even really understand these other translations and, and the and the pains that most of them, the people went through just to get that translation. And honestly, there are some translations that have pulled from better resources than the King James did, because since 1611, we have found other documents that give us a clearer and better picture of how to translate certain portions and passages in the Bible. So to say it's the best is, is again, it's, it's just complete and absolute ignorance and immaturity in the things of God. Anyway, so Asbury Revival, yes. Right now, as it sits, um, again, it's in its infancy. But as it sits, I'm 100% for it. And um, I'm seriously considering getting on a plane and going to check it out. And um, I would suggest that anybody, especially those of you who are in that area that could drive there, please go check it out. And give me a, um, you know, robert at gmail.com. Drop me a note. Tell me how it is. Email again gwccrobert.com. Drop me a note. Let me know how it is. Let me know how it's going. What your thoughts are, good and bad. Because maybe there's some things about it that I don't know. But what I do see and what I do understand, it's it's right on and it's great. And I hope and pray that it continues. And I hope and pray that people, knuckleheads, especially people like this dude that put out this video, that they just, they don't get in there and mess it up and try to put their stamp and their seal and bend it to where they want To make them look good i just want holy spirit to have rain free reign to do whatever he wants whenever he wants however he wants and people sharp enough to steward that that's what i'm praying for because if so this thing will not only change hundreds of thousands if not millions of, of lives perhaps tens of millions of lives but it will last a very long time every time man starts to control what god is doing it shuts down every time. You can go through history and look at all of our revivals in history and that's what happens. And I pray to God that doesn't happen here. And I pray to God that every other revival that's you know um, popping up all over, because they said, listen, if they can do it, we can do it. I pray the same thing, that people that just have a heart after God will steward it, not control it. And Holy Spirit will be
0: in control. You got that right. <laughs> Thank you again for joining us at Table Flippers. Please check out our merchandise. We have hats, hoodies, water bottles, all kinds of cool things. You can find all of our merchandise at tableflippers.com. That's tableflippers.com. And please write me. Please let me know how I'm doing. Write me at GWCCRobert. That's one word, GWCCRobert at gmail.com. Give me the good letters. Give me the bad letters. Tell me the great things I'm doing. Tell me the bad things I'm doing. I want to hear it all. Have a great day.